Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast Sport and Life. I hope you're well. It's Friday the April the 3rd, recording this from my home in Cheltenham. I'm going to have a chat with my friend Chris Taylor, who is uh, head of marketing, I believe, for the University of Birmingham in Dubai, but currently on lockdown working remotely from a tower block or apartment block, I should say, it makes it sound a bit austere, but looking over the bay in Dubai and beautiful scenery, but is uh, experiencing kind of different experience of um, of the coronavirus crisis worldwide. And my daughter's just uh, actually smiling me at through the through the door at the moment. Uh, she's doing some uh, artwork, but it'd be good to speak to Chris. He also wants to talk about tinnitus, which is a long time sufferer, and as a childhood friend of his, probably haven't always given him the most sympathy for that. I don't know if that's common in groups of friends, but maybe your closest friends you don't always explore some of their issues because you uh, I guess take it for granted in a way in maybe different way than you would friends you might meet later in life it'd be good to speak to Chris uh, to give you a heads up over the weekend hope to speak to my dad as well Dr Mark Draper who's a general practitioner doctor MD in the Cotswolds close to here in the UK and uh, about coronavirus get a take an uptake on what he or a latest take on what he's seeing in his practice but also his thoughts he's doing some research around nutrition, vitamin C, and particularly the mineral selenium and how that could be an important aspect of the immunity required to, to fight off COVID-19 and other issues, looking at some data according to soil samples of selenium in different countries and the relative data around that and particularly just a, a lot of uh, research into that area that's burgeoning or has been kind of done over the past few years as well in the background and uh, predating this current outbreak. Anyway, I hope you're well. A shout out to Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installation. Jason Briggs and his team very much still in action as well remotely. So do check out Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham's website and Serene AV is the sister company, brother company. Uh, with those guys as well offering uh, advice on stuff to patch order also kind of uh, give you some tips if your home entertainment system isn't working correctly at the moment as we all are spending a lot of time at home let's uh, on that note speak to chris taylor then at his home in dubai hello hello chrissy t how you doing not too much you okay yeah good good um what time is it there? It's ten twenty here in the uh, no eleven in the morning here. The laptop. Yeah, screen. it's uh, <laughs> two o'clock, um, and I've done absolutely nothing all day. So uh, yeah, this is oh, the yeah, highlight good. of my day. Good, good. Well, hopefully we'll um, make it highlighting for you, mate. Uh, but you, but you've um, got Friday off because Dubai is generally Friday off, right? Yeah, the weekend here is. Um... Friday and Saturday, um, which is kind of nice because Sunday means we go back to work and you get kind of a head start on everybody else. Oh, I suppose internationally, you mean in terms of business and everything? Yeah, yeah, um, and the UK and things. So it's kind of good in that sense. And it's just nice to collapse on a Thursday evening, yeah. knowing that all you lot have to go to work on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, it was weird though when I used to work in London that people used to quite often go out on a Thursday night. It was almost that kind of social night because a lot of people went back out to the country at the weekend. So it was strange that sometimes that was quite a big night, which meant that Friday wasn't the most productive, from what I understand, from people working regular jobs in, in London. But what's, um, but what's the situation in, in Dubai now in terms of lockdown? So we've got a relative lockdown still at the UK in terms of we can go out for exercise once a day 
Uh, we can go to work if if necessary. We make you laugh that I'm a key worker, but I technically I'm apparently working for Sky Sports to to keep the public's um, morale up. But then also you can go obviously go to the shops. So it's not completely housebound. But what's is it similar there? Yeah, it's identical. The only difference is is eight p.m. Um, until six a.m. There is a curfew. Um, so you go into full lockdown then, uh, okay. and that's just because they're cleaning the streets and things like that. I mean, I don't know how many people are going around licking the pavements, but <laughs> that's what they're doing at the moment. So yeah, but that's the thing. In your mind, you always think of Dubai as like sparkling, modern, ultra clean place. Do you think is easier, better set up for them to sort of maintain those standards? How have they how they adapted to it? Yeah, I mean, it definitely is for so many reasons, really, because it's a much smaller country and much smaller city. Uh, I think people are very law abiding here. So for that reason, it will be different. You know, they listen to the advice and things like this. Uh, And yeah, yeah, it's super clean. You've got a lot of people here that are geared up to keeping the city extremely clean. So it's just it's you can't compare it to the UK at all, really. Yeah, it's funny it's saying in the UK that the, the, the sort of um, traffic had started to creep up again and more people were, were going out and about. That's interesting. But you think people there are more kind of are used to sort of accepting advice and, and, and sort of responding to it? Because there's some sort of, it's funny on social media here, you get a lot of people taking pictures of people being out from their windows and sort of lambasting them and, and saying, what are mm-hmm. these people doing out and stuff like that? Because obviously a few people are still congregating. Yeah, I, I think people do take it much more seriously here. Um, but yeah, I think... In all honesty, you, you, you kind of you want to take it seriously. And I think a lot of people have already left the country anyway for various reasons. They recognize, you know, they would prefer to be back in their home countries or um, yeah. jobs and things are changing. So actually, it, it's taken a lot of pressure off the city. So, again, it, it's just so much easier to do curfews and lockdowns and give advice here than it would be in the UK. Um, it, yeah, yep. much easier. You weren't out there in 2012, but I was just reading, I don't know if you know anything about it, it's about the Middle Eastern Acute Respiratory Syn- Syndrome called MERS, which yep. I suppose we had SARS in 2003, mm-hmm. and that was 2012. Were they, was that prevalent in Dubai then from speaking to people? Are they more um, not as success? Not as much as Saudi Arabia, because I think Saudi in particular had, had the, the challenge with it, but it was still prevalent. You know, people were talking about it just a couple of days ago, you know, the, the, the comparisons. But because it was very much branded a Middle Eastern thing i think mm. people took it very seriously here so maybe it's more it's kind of fresher in their minds uh, yeah. whereas i guess the uk it would be what late 80s when they had the influenza outbreak and things yeah. like that so that was probably the last thing to really kind of hit the uk in the same way and be probably in the yeah because sars things. was never contagious enough to to get here really was it or anything like that i think whereas even though it was arguably more serious they say in 2003 but we never really got to the the west per se although i think it affected Toronto in Canada quite badly from what I've what I've read so I think there was um apparently someone was saying that I think there was a Rolling Stones concert that helped Toronto get back on its feet afterwards in terms of getting out and about but what about your job mate what how's that how's that going in terms of working for the University of Birmingham you still is it sort of being eye-opening how much you can do from from your apartment um yeah you can do a huge amount I mean the reality is because we are based in different locations we've got offices all around the world and obviously two campuses and things like this we're used to working um you know on virtual platforms and things like this so if anything work has increased because you know you you're you're dealing with people around the world in this way everybody's becoming more accepting to dealing you know via via whatever 
digital platforms. So if anything, yeah. the work has has kind of increased really. And um, it's one of these things that I think organizations, not necessarily my organization, because I think they're pretty good at it, but some companies have to be mindful of is it's this kind of business as usual. And it's hard to, to be doing business as usual if mm. your if your mind isn't in that frame, you know, because um, naturally this is a really worrying time for everybody. So it, it would be crazy to be saying business as usual. And I'm lucky at the university mm. we've really talked about that and putting things in place to make sure, you know, you take that time to really um, come away from work a little bit, take stock and, and, and think about your kind of mental health. Yeah, that's interesting about mental health. Do you th- is that how are you handling that in terms of that work? separation because i guess one of the things that a physical workplace and office gives us is that i know we've talked about it with our friend dan who's big on this that he doesn't like the fact that you can be affected by work when you're at home anyway with emails and stuff but at least there is a separation for most people of when they leave the office in a way mentally they can they can unwind from that have you found that difficult during this period or you've got like a routine that you do just to switch off um, I found it really difficult. I mean, to be honest, I was so uh, looking forward to doing this podcast that I've actually brushed my teeth and put a pair of pants on. So <laughs> most, most of the audio, week, audio only. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, you know, doing it for myself. But um, I, I just felt wrong sitting here, you know, naked doing this podcast. Um, yeah, so, a nice picture. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, it, it, it's actually really difficult. And, and I think the reason being is because I work, live, sleep, and do everything in this apartment and it's essentially two three rooms um so it's difficult i haven't actually physically seen anybody for uh 13 or 14 days obviously wow. i've talked to people online but i find online conversations are, are kind of pointless this one as well <laughs> um, <laughs> no i find them pointless well do you like I, I actually prefer a regular phone call to facetime and stuff i've realized because actually in a bizarre way your brain channels into it more i don't know whether that's yeah. true or not, but sometimes yeah, you just end up, star- you end up staring at someone's like wall or something don't you or kind of like looking at your own face and thinking, God, I look terrible or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> just messing around with my hair constantly. Um, but it, they're not as good because I've noticed that people say at the beginning of a meeting or whatever it is. So how are you doing? Okay, great. So moving on. And it's yeah. like so kind of insincere like that. So um, <laughs> I think quality time is difficult. And I think it, it's even harder because... I think people relax more if, if you go into a different environment, let's say a pub or something, and you have a pint, yeah. you, you notice people will kind of uh, drop their guard a little bit and open up a little bit more. And that's when you find people start coming out with things like, I'm struggling with this, or I'm not happy with this, or what do you think about yeah. this? You can't do well, maybe that good, on, online. Maybe, maybe some good things as well, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you say, we're talking about the yeah. struggle of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to share that. But that's interesting, isn't it? Because in a way, it's illuminated the the new technical stuff that we have, the technology we have at our hands, because we wouldn't have had this even 20 years ago in terms of the ability to hook up and certainly record this podcast. And I'm the biggest, you know, technophobe in the world. So for me to muster something like this, it must be pretty simple at, at this point. But uh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just chatting to you previously before we went on um, on air and started yeah. recording this, and you're like, "Yeah, we we don't edit it, we don't do anything, no prep <laughs> yeah. work." I'm yeah. clearly in the wrong job. I should well, be doing your role. Well, this isn't the job though. This is my side. This is a bit of fun on the side, and, and thankfully now there's a little bit of support coming from a company called Bang and Lofton in Cheltenham, which which they're really supportive, Jason and his team. But to be fair, it's mainly fun. It's not really a source of income, which I quite like it. But then I quite like 
you know, inspired by some of the podcasts like Joe Rogan's podcast, which I think gets 3 billion downloads. And that's, although they've got good equipment now, it's very much a simple and, premise of just a conversation, really. So it's sort and of... And how many millions much... of followers have you got? Because <laughs> you did promise I me think, an audience. I think we're in the thousands of, of listens, but I'm not sure exactly how much, but it's uh, it's burgeoning. This could be it. This could be the breakthrough one, Chris. It oh, really yeah, could be absolutely. The, off. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that about the technology, though, because in a sense, it does... It make us appreciate what we have but also like the, the reality of human to human contact do you think there'll be an upsurge in that after this that people will appreciate going out because often nowadays we, you can put people off with a text can't you and say oh i can't make it or you know how are you and it, it's sort of like really brief and abrupt whereas actually that the difference of meeting someone in person and and just hanging out and having a laugh and having that chemistry is it seems to be a, a new level really or a level above um, I don't know, because I don't think people do it deliberately. I think the reality no. is people have busy lives. And, you know, after this situation, we might have to all return to those busy lives because we've got money to make and jobs yeah. to keep and things like that. So, no, I, I, I don't know if people will jump back straight to, you know, kind of, oh, we, we you know, we need to get more face to face and things like this, because the reality is it's the pressure of your day to day life, I think. Yeah. And, um, and more people might be yeah, working I, from home after this, might not they? Businesses might think, oh, actually, with with shared workspace yeah. and bugs and, and flus and stuff maybe it is more sensible to not hot desk and and keep people in in sort of at home well i think the uk in particular can be pretty bad at that and we're very old-fashioned in terms of that and, and for me personally i do enjoy going into an office mm. um i do i do suck up everybody else's energy and, and use that for my <laughs> Dra- own drain it, I thought you were gonna say. yeah exactly um but uh, I do. I think it's important for me, but um, it's also important for families, um, especially, you know, where, where both parents are working to have yeah. this option. And hopefully that'll be one of the benefits. And maybe as well, one of the other benefits is thinking more about people's mental health and stuff like this. You know, I think that over the last 10 years, there's been a real kind of noticeable change around it. But mm. I hope this will will support that kind of, you know, thinking about people's mental health that, that that's impacted by their work and also their, their social activities yeah and that ability to switch off i suppose like i mentioned with with uh, modern communication devices with particularly the smartphone with the ability to get emails and texts and whatsapps and whatever else at all times of day and now zoom and microsoft teams and house party and everything else you get contacted all the time do you think because you mentioned to me in, in like we were chatting about mindfulness do you think tactics like that are becoming we need them even more because of the modern environment than perhaps we did you know our parents generation in terms of being able to switch off because before you could just switch off because there's no one contacting you once you left the office yeah i think um if you'd asked me that question in a few years ago i would have said you know kind of nonsense but actually going through mindfulness techniques and, and I had the support of the NHS actually which helped me um, with, with that kind of management and I think in in doing that I recognize there's some good techniques because the truth is when they first gave it to me I wanted I wanted tablets I wanted medication <laughs> I wanted something that gives me a quick fix and Solution, there was a real yeah, yeah a real sad uh, realization that there was no fix uh for my problem we should probably just say it was tinnitus rather than yeah, t- yeah talking but, talking uh, <laughs> uh like but, but, it was a serious was, problem but it's funny i said in the intro about you said about being serious because i was saying in the intro it's funny with with the friends you've had from like boyhood and and stuff and we've always obviously made fun of each other being teenage boys and growing up that we kind of stay stuck in that pattern a bit how probably if you've been a friend i've made later on so he's just making faces at me through the window hey so don't worry we'll be uh, i'll be with you in a minute just uh, finish your coloring in but she um 
but we talked about that have sort of like making fun of each other and how we didn't lack maybe that sort of that sympathy that that maybe friends you make later in life as an adult you'd probably be more aware of but we didn't um, probably give you the credit for tinnitus that that you sort of deserve because it was no. it was quite a tough time wasn't it when you actually talk about it now i think wow it was it, we just thought it was funny at the time because you were barnstorming around your local neighborhood demanding to know where noises were coming from and stuff like that yeah, I mean, uh, forget your uh, friendship skills. Have you left your child on on, on her own whilst you're doing this? No, <laughs> she's just in the room next door because Carla's <laughs> gone into an empty office because she's working bizarre. Oh, and we're okay. thinking because okay. she's freelance, she's good to get work while she's got it, right. really, because obviously with the... Uh, but she's Zoe, she's done maths and English with me this morning. She's done some reading and now she's doing a, a unicorn colouring in um, with her totes, chill sweatshirt on. She's just making faces at me through our glass door now. I mean, it'll be uh, short. But yeah, but what do you think about that then? Because um, well, think... I think, yeah, I think you're right. And I think uh, the, the truth is when you're when you are growing up with each other, you don't make as much of a conscious effort. Um, and when I say you, I mean you in particular. Uh, no, <laughs> you don't make as much of a conscious effort to, to ask that. And, and actually, it's not a bad thing because you need that outlet sometimes. Distraction you need from to be it, yeah. Silly and be stupid and go back to that. And, and maybe, you know, with, with some of these episodes, you deal with them on your own, you get through them and stuff like that. When you do come together, you don't want to be talking about it anymore. You don't want to become this this mm. kind of this condition this situation you want you want to have a laugh and and switch off so there's probably times where i've just thought uh i can't even be bothered to bring it up with you guys now Mm. but it's it's i think that's the problem with kind of you know mental health um especially in guys in particular there there there's times when you just don't want to talk about it and you don't talk about it and and actually that's stupid you realize over the the long period the only way you're going to sort this out is if you start talking about it and and making Mm. fun of it where you can you know obviously you can't at first that that would be really (laughs) tough to do but I think making fun of it and and realizing the journey that you've kind of come through because at the time there's no way I could have made fun about it it was a really um isolated illness but that, but that's almost. I mean, just we'll get back to tinnitus. But that's almost, a, I think, relevant point at the moment, isn't it? That people are going through all this anxiety and seriousness. But I don't know about you, but since this happened, obviously you've got the news, which is detailing deaths and illnesses and stuff like that, which is quite um, fear-inducing. But then I've almost, with, with the evening, we're just watching sort of ridiculous comedies like Curb Your Enthusiasm, films, stuff like that, just to as a counterpoint to laugh. And actually, they're saying that laughing actually boosts your immunity. So I think there is, there's always that case, isn't there, where you can almost maybe we should be better at blending the serious and the silly sometimes and maybe that would make it easier yeah and i think not everybody has that personality so i don't think you can just blend the two together but if you can i think it's really important to do it because Mm -hmm. it just helps um move on and as, as i said for me personally making fun of my situation has actually helped me manage it and helped me address it yeah what to go back to the start what is tinnitus in terms of people who are listening now because um, I think some people pronounce it tinnitus because they're not quite sure how to say it as well and things like that. But it's it's kind of a noise in your ear. Is, is that is that too simple to say? Um, no, I mean, effectively, that's what it is. But the, you do, I think, as a sufferer, that you get extremely annoyed when people say, oh, I've had tinnitus once. <laughs> it, it was a ringing in my ear for three minutes. <laughs> you could literally wring their neck when you hear them say that because it's really, it's 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 not that. And it, it, um, it's different for everybody. So I remember reading up that somebody was suffering from, um, you know, the start of Coronation Street, the kind of trumpet. Noise. Yeah. Somebody genuinely had that going around their head constantly and that was tinnitus 
and that was tinnitus. So tinnitus is basically a, a, a form of unexplained noises that are in your your mind. Yeah. Um, so it's that's the hardest thing. Psychological, not physiological. Then, so it's not a no, sound it can, that's being made in your ear. No. So it could be both. So there's there's one theory that when we are born, you can hear all of your bodily functions. Okay, mm. but over a period of time, your body realizes none of that is a threat to you. So it it, it um, normalizes uh, it, drops it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just drops it and doesn't pick up on it anymore. So it could be simply that you're hearing some part of your your body um, it could be your immune system or something bizarre mm. like that but then equally it could be physical um because it it, it um it could be that something's pulling on your, you know, your kind of eardrum on, and stuff like that. And it, it could be medications and things like this that are affecting your blood pressure or your blood flow um, and all these types of things. So it's, it's actually really difficult to know what it is and it's really difficult to get any um, research on it. Yeah. I think that's what the frustration is. And when you when you're alone, because nobody else can hear it, for me, it was a humming noise. It was a vibration and I could feel it. Mm. as a vibration as much as I could hear it. You can feel that in um, your eardrum. Because we should say as well that you, yeah. you were actually deaf in one ear from childhood as well, weren't you? Which I guess must sort of make it even more taxing. Um, actually, I think it's easier for me because I can manage one ear uh -huh. and I can manage things. And, and actually, I think anyway, and, and I can't speak for everybody, but actually I think people only do tend to get it in one side or one ear anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, or wherever it's happening. So does it feel so like, it, it wouldn't feels, matter does if you... it feel for you like a kind of reverberation in your eardrum that sometimes you get after a loud noise, but it continues? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that, that was it. And I, I started, so as you know, I started thinking it was like a car engine yeah. ticking away outside. You know, when somebody's dropping off a friend late at night and yeah. they sit in the car together talking yeah. and you're like, oh, I wish they would just drive off. Because you were noticing it more at and, night when you, I guess, understand because everything else is quiet at that point. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're, you're peaceful. And it was getting really loud and really vibrating that it, it sounded like, you know, some, uh, something in the room. So I started to, to go out of my mind because I didn't know tinnitus. I didn't mm. know it was me. I thought it was an <laughs> external noise. So I would go around and you know this. I would go around at three or four in the morning yeah. around my local kind of town area with just my pants on and a t-shirt no shoes because i was you know i was going out yeah my you mind, sleep the sleep the trying to work out areas. where this yeah where this generator was man um i then the next uh, you know next few weeks i started accusing my neighbors because it was a constant noise and i thought well who needs a constant generator on the house what's this guy who thought it was just a funny like say so to actually think about what mindset you must have been in did you feel like you're going crazy at that point no, because I didn't believe it was me still. And that's the thing. So I went around accusing my neighbours of growing marijuana. And clearly you've got, um, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, generators going to heat, you know, heat yeah. lamps and stuff like this. Because yeah, I was clutching at straws. You sewer process around there, you? not far from there as well. Um, well, it was actually, it was uh, like a, an electric, um, you know, regional hub. Um, and there's some theories that that can even have an impact. But anyway, I, I demanded to see them and I went around this kind of mini power station <laughs> looking at that. And I was I was going crazy. I was going into like a local home base and, you know, the poor spotty teenager that's doing his weekend job was, you know, getting an earful yeah. from me. Yeah. Is it your generators? Is it you? And it was it was so unfair. And, and I think eventually when the when doctors helped me um kind of see it was me it was a big shock because it's like how, how can I be doing this to yeah. myself 
Um, and I was getting how, agitated, how could they, how I was getting they, frustrated with everybody else. That, just by the fact that they were putting you in different situations and it's still Well, there. I mean, it, they didn't need to do very much to prove it. Because were you, were you getting it if you, came, if you stayed is, at your parents' house or you stayed at one of our houses or we went on holiday? Were you getting it then at that point in different places? Sometimes no, but it was to do with my stress levels and things like this. So, uh, you know, in getting out and going to somebody's house, I wasn't get, building up any tension in myself. And therefore, I wasn't doing this and doing that. So... It was quite a sad realisation, actually, that this is my brain. And wow, you know, how powerful is your brain to be doing something so crazy to, so, you, so is to it yourself? Like, really is it almost like, because I remember when I went through a period of stress, stress, they think it was connected to when I got thrombophlebitis a few years ago, which may have been playing football as, as well, but I had a kind of blocked vein. And apparently stress can manifest itself in all sorts of weird body ailments. Do you think that's what it was? It's just the way your body processes it, continues to be that. Like, almost like a headache, I suppose, for people who are stressed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, as, as I said earlier, you know, you don't really know. It could be something physical. Um, it could be something that, that's stress related and, and stuff like that. And it could be mm. tension. I grind my teeth a lot and stuff like that. It could be the constant tension. And I think the best way of describing it is if you looked at the sun, which no. you're not advised to do. I did it if you do, in 99. It was a bad idea. <laughs> Um, well, this is it. When you close your eyes, you're left with an impression, mm. aren't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, you, so on, well, your, yeah. on your eyelids, you know, you can see that. And I think maybe it could be a physical stress, like a constant noise that's been making an impression on your ear all day without yeah. you knowing it. Um, so, you know, a, a computer. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, modern offices are full of those buses, like aren't it, to be fair? If you actually stop and dial yeah. into it. But, but then equally, it could be as simple as, as me. And one of the things I, I read, so as I said, I was really desperate for medication to help me because, you know, I didn't want to solve mm. this problem. I wanted somebody to solve it for me. And um, uh, they put me on to antidepressants and they didn't really work for me. And what I realized was they were probably having an impact as well because they were changing my, you know, my yeah. blood pressure or whatever. Um, and and it, it was all building up. I was doing everything so badly. So I was I was drinking a lot to see well, to if that would out, help me relax and phase me out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was um, uh, I was trying to live a normal life, and I just started dating somebody at the time. Um, and I didn't want her to know that I had this because it's not <laughs> very cool, you know. If I'd lost a finger in you know uh, uh, pulling two dogs yeah. apart or something like that, I'd look really cool. She might, she might notice you wandering around saying the street to... in your boxer shorts though in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, you know, if she was staying over and stuff, it would have been different because it was quite nice to have somebody else there and, and uh, probably the only person to say listening to somebody snoring and making weird noises in the night is actually quite nice because it takes. Yeah, mind yeah. Off no, that's interesting. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Well, I, I, find, yeah, I, I find being on, I've always found being on my own difficult because you know, you obviously you know me from being a kid. I've got I have three younger brothers, packed house, family are always staying, you guys are always staying. So I think that's an interesting point, isn't it? So because you've lived, you went from a family life with, uh, you know, your sisters and then and then on your own, didn't you? So I wonder if that brings a stress to it in itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, possibly possibly so you're, you're kind of you become very self-absorbed when you live on your own not deliberately but you, you mm. do you notice um, things because yeah. it's all about you and your routine yeah and stuff so all of a sudden you've got more time to to pick up on things you you shouldn't be but yeah i can i can remember trying to live 
a normal life and hide it from people because I didn't think it was very yeah. cool. Um, and trying to, to trying to kind of do that, and and I was getting myself into deep problems because one of the, the stupid things I did was. Um, in this early stage of a relationship, I started taking Viagra <laughs> because the stress of all of this, yeah. and it's, you know, it's kind of funny now, but the stress yeah. of all of this uh, was adding to, you know, so how old were you with this, this in your 20s? I, I then, felt, or how old were you then when this was going on? Uh, I was about 12. <laughs> no, I, uh, this was, yeah, kind of late 20s, yeah. early 30s, maybe. Um, uh, early 30s, and, and, um, so um, I was taking these kind of uh, this Viagra to to to, to be able to yeah. uh, you know keep, keep a, 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 yes. an early relationship going. Yeah, exactly. And um, what I didn't realise is that could be affecting massively because it changes really? your blood pressure. And you can imagine, like the next day, I was bumping into people and they're like, "How you doing?" And God, yeah. you look tired. And it's like, I'm not tired. It's the bloodshot eyes you get from really? taking Viagra. You know. So, so it, it was it was kind of I looked even it? worse. No, 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 no. I completely covered it up because, again, I was embarrassed that I had it because it's it's just not a cool thing to have. And tell me, um, how does it how does it, it's hard how does it to work ex- with that? Does it do you have to be in a romantic situation for it to do its physiological job, or would it happen anywhere? Like you took a pill, would you suddenly like have to leave the office? Or so you're now asking me to cast <laughs> comment on, on. Well, I was Viagra, just curious because uh, I've be the spokesperson. No, never, never, we never talked. Um, about it, so I was just curious. Well, again, like you, you can quite easily take it as a, a as a social thing, or think you're taking it as a social thing, and you pop them and stuff like. But they have huge side effects, um, which people don't realise. And yeah, you've still got to get in the moment, and that's one of the the kind of things I realise sometimes. Even taking that, you know, you wouldn't take more than one, but I was tempted at times to help me oh, with my, my situation and. Um, but the thing is, it, it sometimes it wouldn't help. So then you um, you'd make every yeah. excuse under the sun. You know, should we go upstairs now? And I'm like, no, let's go out for a walk. It's like ten o'clock yeah. at night. Well, I think any, we're not going for guy, a third we, walk you of the day. In situation, but any guy who's ever tried to quote unquote try for a baby is probably feels that you, you sympathy a little bit there because that is the kind of scenario when you try and do things by the book and it's not romantic. It is it's difficult as a guy to to get the body in gear sometimes because it's all about the mind though. It's like going back to that mind, isn't it? It's your mind and body kind of being out of sync. Well, yeah, and that, that was it, that was it really, is, is you kind of start to realise that. And I think all of a sudden when they helped me realise it was my problem and I had to start to change things, uh, and not like kind of diet or exercise or anything like that, because, you know, I, I, well, you've I'm always reasonably you've fit and healthy. Out as a, I suppose as a health benefit and a release as well, mentally. But, but that was it. it. It was understanding your mental health and the things you don't think having any impact yeah clearly are um you know and stock of all of, of that um and go through those kind of positive steps so mindfulness in particular there were some really good things and 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 one of the things that probably help a lot of people right now you know when you go to bed stressed because of the news you've been watching the news just before you've gone to bed they tell you to kind of you know to relax and it's hard to switch off i'm sure mm. most people don't switch off and one of the things with the mindfulness techniques was around, um, you know, you lie there and you say to yourself, OK, so I am relaxed. But then you mm. do this body scan thing. So what you do yeah. is, is it asks you questions. You know, are you relaxed? Yes, I'm relaxed. Get on to the next stage. Hmm. But are you really relaxed? Because you notice <laughs> you're, you're, you're clenching your hands at the moment and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah OK. 
whoops yeah no, it's, okay, just been, it's been aware of it's actually really weird when you try it because i've tried it uh, a couple of years ago when i was very tired and stressed after zoe was born I, my little girl and working shifts as well but i remember yeah you just you're surprised at how much your body you can feel when you actually tune in can't you your sort of feet and your your legs and stuff it's really strange because you should realize how oblivious you are to it most of the time yeah, absolutely. And I, I think um, one of the greatest things for, for tinnitus sufferers that um, I learned, because I went through a whole tinnitus, um, you know, kind of uh, NHS experience when I was back in the UK. And one of the things that they were saying is when you're in thought, OK, you can mm. lie in bed, but when you're in thought, your tongue or your mind thinks you're about to get into conversation. So your tongue is poised. And if you notice, your tongue will wow. be touching your teeth. So it doesn't matter who you are. If you're thinking in bed, you're probably doing that. And it means your neck muscles, uh, your tongue muscles, your kind of, you know, facial muscles behind your ears. Because you're, like you're dealing with work because your brain's activated by words. So it associates that with. with yeah, well, talking, it just yeah. it thinks you're about to get into conversation because you're thinking. Wow. Um, so it's trying to stop all those things and be really mindful and take this kind of scan and and, and be mindful throughout the day as well caffeine things like that it's so obvious but drinking mm. three cups of coffee it's nice to go to you know a, co- a coffee shop or whatever <laughs> it but wraps that, you up there doesn't it yeah yeah exactly and it's, it's things like that making really conscious changes around things that would support your your mental health and i think yeah at the moment you know messing around with phones constantly looking at updates around covid19 watching the news yeah a good hour before you go to bed is, isn't health, healthy for you and your mental health and that kind of switching off. And as you know, you need a good night's sleep to be able to mm. tackle any illness, whether it's mental health, whether it's, you know, trying to, to avoid, um, you know, uh, COVID-19 and all these other things, you need a good night's sleep and you need to be healthy. So yeah, yeah. switching off before you go to bed is, is easier said than done though. Yeah, what do you do? Because do you, we'll get back to the general thing, but practical tips in terms of what I've tried to do now is, and actually, Carla, you won't be surprised, my wife, who's more practical than me, actually got us both alarm clocks that aren't our phones so that we keep our phones out of the room. Um, mm-hmm. It's not got that blue light. So, because in the middle of the night, often I sometimes have to get up at three for work or, or whatever it might be. And I think you're constantly checking your phone. And you might get a message on there that someone sent late at night that might upset you or, or whatever it is. So, we've kind of done that is that something you do that you try and keep your phone out of the room or how do you work um i i don't actually but what i've done again is more of a kind of you know uh thinking about it mentally so i know sometimes you could get to three o'clock in the morning and you're still not asleep and you start winding yourself up you know you're your own worst enemy and what i've done is start to tell myself you know i've had nights like this before i've got up okay Mm. in the morning i've functioned throughout the day and i've caught up on sleep the next day we'll do that same thing again if we need to now and then just telling myself that again that kind of mindfulness technique telling myself that all of a sudden i feel like i can relax and i'll get to sleep when i get to sleep you know it's, yeah. it's again it's it's not blaming every external source and, and no. it's this is it's taking ownership of it yourself recognizing yeah. that you can control this situation it's your mind and you can yeah. control it quite simply by just having that conversation with yourself being mindful about it it's funny though isn't it because there's a dichotomy i think of um people now when you're interested in health and particularly around sleep because i um, got really into a guy called Matthew Walker. I heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast you mentioned before, and I've heard him on other podcasts. He was on a guy called Tony Wrighton, who's a Sky Sports presenter, but has a health podcast on the side. I heard him on there as well. He's, I think he's Australian, but he's based at the University of Berkeley in California. And he obviously, he was documenting the severe sleep deprivation, particularly in the Western world, 
around technology, shift work, not switching off. But he was saying all the, the ailments it leads to, the importance of it to immunity and mental health. But then it's like you get almost the flip side of that is reading about that and then pan- make panics you about the importance of sleep, which is then counterproductive to sleeping, isn't it? It's why I don't document my sleep. Like a lot of people have apps mm-hmm. of how much they yeah. slept and stuff. But I would just wake up in the morning and go, oh, God. Particularly people have got babies and stuff who may be waking up all night. It's like, what you know, what can I do about it? And like you say, almost having that acceptance is, is key to it too. And accepting you won't sleep sometimes. Yeah, um, again, and accepting your your kind of your own challenges, really recognizing them and knowing how best you manage them. Because that's the thing, like all of these mindfulness techniques, there's thousands of them. And some of them I find are quite irresponsible, actually. There's some really bad advice, but it's up to you as an individual to work out which techniques work best for you. You know, mm. there was some crazy advice. Yeah, because you can, do bre- you can do breathing stuff. And some people that have meditation that are mantra-based, like transcendental meditation, don't they? So I think, which I found a bit almost, I tried that when I was a kid, actually. And that was, almost whips you up a bit more than, than I find the breathing is just sort of chills you out a bit more. Uh, um, but, but that's it, isn't it? You have to go on your own journey to, first of all, recognize your problem, your mental health problem, your physical health problem is yours. Mm. Only you know how best to deal with that. And uh, at the same time, you need to kind of work out which techniques work and which don't. But it is frustrating to go through that process. You know, when you try certain things and it doesn't work, you get really angry and really upset. And and I think it's... Um, you, you've got to give yourself a bit of credit that you are trying to learn and go through this. You know, you didn't, you didn't learn, you know, algebra in one night, did mm. you? I mean, I, I still haven't learned it still now. But, yeah. No, exactly. But <laughs> anything, you know, it takes us years to develop and understand things. And, and you get yeah. so upset with yourself that you can't do that in the space of a week it's... and resolve something. And it is quite difficult for us to dial down the modern world. And it's interesting, I often think about, because I've got younger brothers, I think about our generation, the year that we were particularly, because we almost had this, I guess, unique experience of when we were really young as teenagers, we pretty much, I got that brick, I think when I was 14 or 15, but we never used it. And we just used, you know, landlines and phone boxes. And then, but then the internet sort of exploded in our teen years. And then as young adults, we got all these apps of, in our 20s of Facebook and, and, and Twitter and stuff. But then we, we were aware of both worlds, weren't we? And I think you can see it now how much it has ramped up in terms of people like you mentioned the phone thing and i know it's a great i know you have used it. it's a great way of keeping in contact with people that you've met all around the world when you traveled but there's a point at which it is hard to or is easy to get dragged into overthought and being switched on too much yeah but i think again you're you're blaming external sources and that's the whole point of mindfulness you're not mm. meant to be doing that you know there's social media out there there's great internet but, but do, you need, do you need more but, of a plan more of a plan is what i'm saying not blaming of them. course yeah yeah, more of a plan yeah. Now than we did before maybe because it was natural um, to have downtime before whereas you know i don't know not. i i'd imagine in you know the thousands of years of man there's always been things that will keep us awake maybe in yeah. the most simplistic terms it was you know TV you're, 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 yeah. <laughs> well not even that if you think go back further than that when you're living out in the wild you know and, yeah. and you, you, there's rustlings of animals in the middle of the night i don't yeah think yeah get stressed be. out so I, I i i just don't believe that modern technology should be to blame for all of this or or you need to think about it you just need to i think own adapt your to own, it yeah own your own challenges yeah uh, and then adapt to them accordingly because you know things are going to keep evolving and who knows what technology comes out in the next 10 years it's probably going to aid and be- better our lives but you can't then yeah. blame it for the next challenge it's, no it's no I'm, 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 yeah yeah i'm just thinking about when we were kids i remember sort of that time of and actually this time has reminded me that the sort of the lockdown's been quite relaxing in lots of ways and getting more of a natural 
rhythm about waking up stuff. But I remember the summer holidays at school, you weren't really in contact with people. You had a lot of time just to chill out and sort of reflect. And I think with the obviously devices now for younger kids, I, I was just saying, because we had that bridge, that gap between the generations that maybe we had experience of both worlds that it was that we can sort of see the side of it, and that, but how you do need a sort of strategy. You don't want to keep scrolling your social media to see how many people have liked something or how many messages you have hmm. or you know check your email if you've sent an email oh what if they replied in every five minutes and, do you know what i mean i just think yeah i'm not blaming no. anyone uh, uh, there is a there is a there is a conscious like you're saying about being conscious about your body it's almost being a conscious about everything and, and how you how you live your life and that strategy to it yeah but uh, i mean don't forget in our generation we still had computer games we still had sky tv <laughs> yeah. running all through the nights we still had certain channels to try and you know unlock and oh, get yeah. on when you when you're a young lad <laughs> there were many things distracting us and keeping us awake and, and as i said i think that every generation so of course yeah. yeah you've got to be mindful of technology and things like that of course it goes without saying but everything in moderation is fine isn't it what do you do around lights and stuff with sleeping do you have like ipads and stuff you like sort of you wear on your eyes to, to kind of cut, cut out light and stuff you that um, far are you uh no i do something good blinds absolutely crazy um it's not to do with light it's to do with sound again to to um, give my ear, my one ear, uh, a respite. Yeah. And that is I've made my own earplug. Uh, I might go into business one day and do it for other people. <laughs> uh, it's it's tailored to me. Um, so I've messed yeah. around with it over the years. Tailored for Taylor. Um, tailored <laughs> to Taylor, yeah. Um, and um, I even Vaseline my earplug in. Really? So, yeah. that, so even though you think it's a psychological thing, the factors in there that changes the noise well, because what it does is not it doesn't change the noise but nothing can get in and wake me up or make me think is that the noise or is that an external noise uh, okay. uh, you know there's nothing that can agitate me and going back to that you know kind of the sunlight impression on your eyes for me mm. um i've got this theory that uh making sure there's no external noise impressioning on my my eardrum at any point mm. when I'm sleeping is going to be healthier and better for me. But that's my theory. I'm sure there's loads but that, of... But we, yeah, we all have like routines, I suppose, that just put our minds at rest on this. They're not necessarily a, a physical thing. They're more of a sort of psychological trick in themselves to sort of put you... Yeah, it could, could, could be. It could be a reassurance thing, but equally it could be just to stop those external noises creeping in at, at any point. Mm. But yeah, um, I'm sure many tinnitus sufferers will have their own techniques and different things that they, they do. Bizarrely, it's the first time ever I feel lucky to have just one um ear that i can mm. hear from because i've only got to look after one whereas people that suffer yeah. you know different ways it must be awful well i remember you always when we were kids we, we, especially when we younger we go into pubs you'd always have to sit in a certain position so your good ear was available to hear wouldn't you because if you're on the wrong side i think it's your left ear is good isn't it if you were if we were on your right hand side you couldn't hear from <laughs> yeah. what we were saying yeah have you noticed whenever we meet up i always put you on my right side <laughs> Yeah, it's probably a good thing, actually. We uh, we get we sort of uh, rambling on, but in your apartment block there, you able to, you're not able to use the gym anymore, are you? So what, how are you do you doing? Because you always do work out. Are you doing keeping your body body fit. Uh, I'm actually using this time to just not do anything like that. I'll go for a walk because I think it helps. Yeah, um, I'll go for a run, but I'm not going to the gym. I've picked up so many stupid injuries over the years um from the yeah. gym that i'm actually using this time to to kind of go easy on myself and um just uh, rest 
Yeah, and and it's my way of managing with it because I think again, if I don't have a routine in a gym that I know, and I try and do certain things on the floor in this apartment, I'll I'll get give myself a backache or you know whatever it might yeah. be an injury, and I think that's important for people to recognise that they're going through this just because everybody else is doing Joe Wicks's workout or doing this <laughs> and doing that. You don't have to do it. You just need to do what's yeah, right yeah, for yeah. you and and adapt. I've always, to be honest, I've always done press ups at home and stuff, so I've always quite enjoyed doing that so it's not so much of a difference for me and i've got a pull-up bar in the back garden and stuff like that so but i know what you mean actually about that because you what can happen you can take on board a, a million different things and actually end up stressing yourself out with how many different things you have to try and live up to i mean I, for a while i was i was aware that all these kind of self-development things people would say get up at five in the morning meditate for half an hour and do an hour's workout and then it's like well that's not practical if i'm going to bed at two in the morning after a late shift when you know that you know it's just things like that that you start to kind of um I guess distill and and sift through these ideas and work work out what you can take and what you don't take because sometimes it is better just to relax rather than get up and yeah. do an intense workout in the morning. Well, I worry about these people that do see a meditation or whatever and copy it exactly to the book and feel they've got to do it that way. You you don't, you know, you should be able to recognise for yourself that you can change yeah. it. And and as I said, there's so much bad advice out there, and for tinnitus in particular. And just just to give you some advice, it's a buzzword, excuse the pun, but if you tag tinnitus into a podcast, thousands of people will pick up on it because really you struggle. how you many definitely... people suffer from it then? Uh, there are thousands. You know, the, the, it, it's crazy. Yeah. And the thing is. You you're so desperate, you will listen and read and watch anything on tinnitus because you're hoping there's one bit of advice mm. that will be the right advice for you. Um, and that's the one thing I did find. And, and I think same with the COVID situation. And again, that mindfulness, people are going to give so much advice and that a lot of people like myself aren't qualified to be given advice. So you, you shouldn't be listening to a lot of people. Yeah. And, and I think there's some really your, irresponsible what, 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 people out there. Yeah, well, I think with advice as well, I think there's a lot of that on social media, generally across fitness and finance and those different areas. This is how you should do it. I think what's helpful is when people say, this is how I did it, but it may not, it may or may not work for yeah. you. Just, yeah. And I think that's so, so what you should generally, your theme is around the mindfulness and also that it's just getting to a way of relaxing, isn't it? Is that fundamental, I suppose, of, of just getting your, getting your state lower when you go to bed and when you, when you have that time? Um, it's not always as simple as that, though, and, and I would never say that to anybody that's suffering from anything no. mentally. Oh, it's just a state of just getting yourself into place. That, that but that would, for you, sort of work, you work at getting to that state, is what I'm saying, is you kind of have a plan. Well, so. no, no, again, you don't work at that, that thing, and I think you can really wind people up saying things like that and, and, and suggesting it's that easy. You've got no. to recognise there will be days, there will be nights when you will not be able to get to that place, and it's going to be a lonely time, you're going to have a long night, you're going to wind yourself up. You're going to try everything in the book to help. And it's just not going to work. But you've got to recognize everybody will have that journey. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I didn't mean it as a sense of um, it's easy or anything like that. I meant just in terms of having a, a sort of plan of, of, how, of things that work for you to, to get you to relax and chill out a little bit. And, and yeah, kind of, yeah. You, you and also have like, accept, acceptance. I suppose what you're saying is acceptance as well. That you have that, that tick or that issue or that tinnitus or that kind of you know sort of self-destruct button of checking your phone too much sometimes at night and sometimes you'll do it and you just not mm. chide yourself too much because if you chide yourself it then it then leads to to more issues doesn't it yeah and I, and I think kind of that's it accepting that there's going to be difficult days and, and nights around the plan you've been in place but also just talking about it I think it's really hard to do 
and you've almost got to force yourself, almost have it as your most obvious technique. And that is even yeah. if you're feeling at your very lowest and you just don't want to be around people, it's just force yourself to make one connection. And I was lucky, you know, you, you mentioned Dan, he really helped me and he, he, would, he would listen to me and let me get things mm. off my chest, but he wouldn't let me dwell on anything. Can he push me out of my comfort zone? And then he'd make real big fun of it and really rip me. Yeah. And, and I thought that was great, actually. And looking back, you know, he was so good for me. Um, uh, around that time I don't need him anymore but um, <laughs> um, yeah that's how I moved out here it. yeah exactly but I think it is important for people to talk about it and remember you're not the only person going through an episode or whatever it might be we all are at the same time yeah no it's it's really good stuff but how are you handling the sort of isolation of it generally away from tinnitus and because it is it's a different experience for you I know people are People are worried there's going to be sort of domestic violence on the increase and stuff because people are spending more time together. But for people on their own, it must be a, a very strange time. Um, it's strange because I haven't spoken to anybody for 24 hours, hence the reason I'm blaring on now. I'm getting my kind of <laughs> fill here. Um, That's yeah. good. It's good. It's good. But this is a good vehicle for us to talk about it because sometimes we always just make fun of each other. So it's nice to have a different, different kind of um, texture to it, which is the podcast kind of allows yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm treating this almost like my own desert island discs, actually. So <laughs> if I start talking about Roy Orbison and things it's like that. Goodbye. It's not goodbye yet. Don't, um, don't sign off. But uh, yeah, um, it, it, it's tough. It is really tough. And I'm OK because I, I, I think weirdly going through the tinnitus thing has helped me with a few things. And I know who I go to quickly to yeah. kind of help me with certain things. And you also live on your own normally, don't you? So you're, I guess, although this is extreme, yeah, you're or, more adapted to that. I've, I'm great in my own company if I've had a work day with somebody or a weekend with somebody. So not always that good. And I'm sure most people are like that. It, it, it's, yeah. it's tough. And I think everybody have just got to recognise that we're all going through something like this. Some of us will be slightly better at dealing with this at times Um, and just reach out to each other. In fact, even take some comfort in knowing that other people are going through it. That helps me sometimes. Were you you tempted to, I don't know if this is legal or not under the lockdown in Dubai or even in in the UK, were you tempted to sort of team up with someone and live together for the duration of it? I don't know. Yeah, I I sent a lot of messages to a lot of really attractive girls (laughs) on Tinder, um, but I got a lot of rejections. Yeah, uh, Yeah, maybe people you knew knew beforehand was probably a smarter move. (laughs) Um, No, I wasn't tempted just because I know I'm a nightmare. It's probably one of the reasons I'm single is because I've just, one, one moment I'm really loud and kind of out there and then the next one really quiet and quite thoughtful and and, and pensive in that way and um i think i drive people mad and, and not to mention the singing and shouting stupid things out loud yeah um, my poor but neighbors if you, if you, if you are to, if you were to settle down now i suppose the things that you've been through in a way of, of self-discovery not to sound too corny but it's you know maybe that would help you in the relationship now that you've kind of got yourself figured out a bit yeah but maybe I'm a, lot, so... a lot of us go through that while we're doing it while we're in a relationship don't we yeah, but maybe I'm so self-aware um, now that I'm kind of conscious of those kind of things and going in. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Do you think about things like that when you've got time in your hands for family? Because you've got time now. I suppose you haven't been working still at home, but you think about family and things and what you might want after this. Yeah, uh, um, of course I do. Um, I've got a little wish list by mm. the side of my bed. Um, yeah. well, do you want me to be the, you want me to be the golf, godfather, obviously. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> have any future, future tailors. <laughs> Um, but no, it's good to speak to you, mate. I appreciate you uh, you kind of going into the detail and, and that, that much honesty as well. It's, and it is good. And I'm sorry that we didn't, in a way, 
if I wasn't more like Dan and, and listened in, probably asked you too many questions without listening. <laughs> no, I think you use friends, you know, in, in different ways and you, you have friendship groups to, to provide you with different things. So I wouldn't worry about that. Um, I yeah. will, will definitely let you go because the music in the background almost sounds, it's like my song being played in. Also, I've just checked out because Zoe's bowled out the front door. Um, it is a sunny day, but sort of worried that she was going to go off down the road to try and find her mum. So I've uh, just had to open the door and she's now playing sort of various kids' musical assortments. So she's got, have you gone to music class, have you? What? You're doing music now? Yeah, <laughs> she's doing music. Um, so that's the homeschooling uh, so, for the day. So do you but have yeah. any regular features on this podcast? You know, do you ask anybody, you know, a regular question like, what's their favourite well, band or... Well, it started with, and I mean, you're a lifelong Everton fan, and apart from 1995, I don't think you really remember 85 and 87 league title wins, so you've had a bit of a, a tough time, but because you always lament football as being a bit cyclical and the same, same stuff, because I always, well, the podcast started because predominantly with sports people, I was interested in why we're obsessed with sport, particularly football and boxing as well, for me, as a second interest, but um, why we're fascinated by it into our 30s, and we're not far off our 40s, and you think, actually, you know, is it, is it a bit silly? What do we get from it? You know, what are the metaphors there, the courage, the sort of mastery, or is it just you know, the downsides of it, the tribalism? So I always wondered, it was called sport and life, trying to figure out why we're obsessed with sport and what it gives us in our lives. So I don't know if you've got any take on that. For me, it's the best way to revisit my teen, my teen emotions and stuff like that. I'm still as pathetic with Everton. <laughs> now as I was back then and it's the, probably the last thing I haven't been able to manage and put to bed um, and I'm yeah. still really stupid like that but maybe I just need to recognize that that's my last teenage pleasure if you like and I can still be a pathetic little teenager with Everton um, that I can't in any other <laughs> walk of my life it's just it's not like, accepted anymore and it is a thread of connection isn't it I suppose for us as well particularly as you know We'd always kind of get together, watch match of the day on a Saturday night after going to the pub and stuff. It was it was a way of bonding, wasn't it? Even if we didn't support the same teams, it was it was something that was for for blokes and I think for girls now as well. It's a different. It's increasingly for them, but it's a it's sort of lingua franca that that we can always talk about. And you've done that. You've travelled around the world. I think football's always something that you can chat to in, in taxis yeah. or restaurants. It's, or it's, it's an international language. Yeah, it's an international currency that if you sit into a, in a cab or in an airport or whatever, you don't really want a conversation with half these people. But if they got onto the Premier League, then yeah. all of a sudden you've got something to talk about in football. And yeah, it's really good for that, actually. Yeah. And even in Spain, I remember we were talking to people in Madrid about Beckham and you know things like that. It was a kind of connection that everyone seems to to be a part to be connected with and think it's uh yeah it's a very even if you don't speak the language you can sort of make a few yeah. noises and names and stuff they're probably rolling their eyes thinking i'm an atletico <laughs> madrid fan not real madrid <laughs> yeah, this is a pointless conversation but it could work for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably generalizing yeah probably uh probably despise real madrid but chrissy appreciate you speaking hang in there mate um and we'll keep in touch over the next few weeks and hopefully the lockdown eases both here and there and we, we plan to come out for your birthday later in the year, haven't we, to Dubai? So hopefully yeah, you back. will be good here. You put, put that on a podcast now, so you're definitely coming out. Well, the good news is I'm saving money because I'm uh, driving less because we're uh, in the office on air less. I'm writing some articles from home for Sky Sports. So actually, it's, uh, I'm probably saving some money, which hopefully I can use to a flight. They might be really cheap, I guess, off the back of this and we'll see what the world looks like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there will be some benefits. Yeah. <laughs> We'll go here because the, mu- the music's about to kick off. I think it's going to be a crescendo. Uh, but cheers, Chrissy. Speak to you soon. And I hope you like the podcast, guys. Do like it on iTunes, if so. 
And uh, Chris Taylor, I don't think you're not necessarily a public official, but people can check you out on social media, can they? You open on Facebook and stuff? Um, yeah, we've got our website as well, so please do visit the University of Birmingham, Dubai. Um, yeah. And hopefully you'll apply to the university. You fancy going to university? Great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks very much. Take Feet care. to see you, Chrissy. Take care. Bye. See you. Bye-bye.